Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Brandon, and I am here with your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. What's going on, pal? Not too much, man. Did you have a good week? Uh, not too bad. Work's yeah. been a little bit stressful, but uh, I'm just glad that we, we have this podcast, that we can talk about the team that we love, and uh, really kind of forget about everything that's going on in the world. So That's right. And yeah, I'm Brandon. This is the Educated Fan uh another week of free agency in the books colts made a couple more moves some other people around the nfl got moved around a bit there's still a lot of people unsigned um yeah i've been at work all week it's kind of different than it was you know last time i was working in the store but um got to go golfing for the first time yesterday it's been beautiful this week played 18 shot 18 yeah right all guy Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, it's been really nice out. Uh hope it stays that way. Um did you do anything fun this week? Start any new shows? Not really, <laughs> to be honest you with you. You guys are doing handmade handmade stale now? We're caught up on that. Oh. Um we started the uh the good place. That was uh my girlfriend's pick and it hasn't been bad. That's a, that's the one with uh the blonde Kirsten Bell. Yeah. Is that her? It's pretty yeah. good. Is it good? It's kinda of funny. So we're uh, been doing that. I've been keeping up on all the uh, NFL news and just can't wait for the draft. That's uh, that's really what I'm looking forward to next. So, yeah, I kind of miss uh, driving around a car all day for work because I got all my podcasts in, and now it's like kicking and screaming just to get one podcast in uh, every day for the week. But uh, yeah, I watched Ozark this week, season three. Fucking awesome! Came out season three came out last Friday. Uh, Got my parents to start season one the other night, too. I've heard good things about that show. Fucking awesome. And Jason Pateman is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, his wife sucks in the show. <laughs> fucking hate her. She's a bitch. Um, but, yeah. So, this week, uh, Mr. Frank Reich uh, had his first press conference since uh, free agency started, since the new league year started. So, we got to hear from him a little bit and what he thought about all the moves they've made so far, and he kind of explained <clears throat> some different stuff about, you know, the process of how we picked Philip Rivers, why we picked him, uh, who we. It sounds like, I mean, he kind of talked about who else they looked at and considered. Um, also, I got the vibe that, uh, you know, a lot of this process, you know, it, Chris kind of went with what Frank wanted to do. Uh, they used his quarterback expertise quite a bit. And, uh, you know, and that's how we ended up with Phil. Yeah, I, I he think he did a good job this week on um, this. Like you said, this was his first time talking with with the media since since the combine. Um, we got kind of an insight of what exactly he was looking at when when they were evaluating Philip Rivers. He said he went back last year and watched every throw, every play. Um, one thing he said is he did not see any physical limitations that Philip had last year. Um, he did say that there were too many interceptions, which we all know, and he, the, that that needs to get better. Um, but from what he saw, there was he still thinks that Philip Rivers is an elite quarterback in this league. Um, one of the – and he said this over and over again, even back when, when the Colts played the Chargers last year week one, um, 
he still thinks that Philip Rivers has elite talent. He sees the field and can diagnose defenses better than almost anybody. Makes those quick, quick decisions of what he wants to do with the ball. Um, something that Jacoby a lot of times didn't do last year. There were times where he'd sit there and sit there and be tentative and it'd get him in trouble, lose lose us yards, lose the opportunity for big plays. Um but it was it was kind of cool just to see the kind of the insight of what he was looking for. Um, you did nail it right on the head that Chris Ballard Italy is depending on Frank Reich and deferring to Frank Reich in this situation, going off of his quarterback expertise, how he knows quarterbacks, and really trusting him in choosing who's going to be able to lead this franchise next year. And I think Frank gets a lot of pull just on the offensive side of the ball in general. I think, uh, I think so Ballard too. leans on him a lot, especially like. Frank loves tight ends. You know, I have a feeling he's got a lot of say in uh, who's playing the tight end position or who we're going after. Um, I'm sure he'll have a say in the pick we make this year. I'm sure we end up with the tight end somewhere in the draft. Um, but, yeah, also on the Phillip Rivers thing, you mentioned his quick release. Uh, I know that Peyton Manning used to have one of the fastest releases in the NFL, and it was because his offensive line sucked so bad for quite a while. See? And then Phillip's offensive line this past yeah. year not great he so he's still getting rid of the ball fast and now he's gonna, not going to have that worry in the back of his head that he's about to get pounded every single play so yeah i'm a i'm a big stat guy i don't talk about stats too much on the show because i know a lot of people get bored with stats but there was one i saw this week um about the philip rivers time to release from the snap it was right around 2.5 seconds mm -hmm. which is pretty good it's mm -hmm. up there in the top 10 in the league jacoby was around 2.9 which ranked in the bottom half of the league. And it, it might not be that big of a difference, only three-tenths of a second or so, four-tenths, but it makes a huge difference when you have pass rushers coming at you. And I saw where they were comparing it to, to Andrew Luck's release time last year in, in Frank Reich's offense, and it was around that 2.5, 2.6 area. So he's going to – Which never felt like – the type of quarterback he was like if no. you think back like you're i just remember all the plays where you know he was scrambling and making you know making plays he's falling down to the ground and somehow he's still uh you know throwing a ball on his way on his way down and right. shit like that but so you don't think of him as that quarterback and and frank really wanted to make sure he got the ball out of his hands quicker take a lot less hits get the get these short passes get into the rhythm and then hit the deep stuff with the play action um, and I think that's where Philip Rivers will excel is getting out, getting the ball out quick, getting it into the playmakers. I mean, you think of the speed we have. T.Y. Hilton, we have Paris Campbell, uh, Naheem Hines, all just burners. If, if Rivers can get the ball out quick and get it to the guys that can make plays, get it to him in open space, uh, it's, it's going to create a, a big difference. And I, I really think the offense for the Colts this year – is going to look a lot more similar to how it was when when Andrew was the quarterback. They, I mean, obviously they have to make changes because Jacoby is not the same quarterback as Andrew. Right. Doesn't play the same, so they're gonna change things to kind of bring out the best qualities in Jacoby. And I think with Philip Rivers, we're gonna get back to a more similar offense than how it was that first year, getting the ball out a little bit quicker on these quick throws doing more play action to go down the field, attack, be aggressive, um, not this little dink and duck, be ultra conservative that it was last year. And I think that's just going to help because, like I said, with the speed of our playmakers, um, being able to stretch the field, 
uh, that's going to open up holes for for Marlon Mack as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's it can only be better with with Philip. I mean, theoretically with right. Philip Rivers, because I mean, he could he could start to diminish greatly next year. We don't know, but but theoretically, that's what Frank Reich wants to get out of this relationship is get back to what he what he likes to game plan, how he likes to be aggressive on offense, and really be able to attack things and uh, and push it down the field. Right, and uh, I listened to an interview yesterday with uh, Clyde Christensen, quarterback yep. coach, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Worked with Manning, worked with Luck. Uh, now he's getting ready to start working with Brady um, down in Tampa Bay, and he was more talking about Tom Brady than anything, but he mentioned the fact that he's been watching uh, Phillip Rivers and Brady both, and neither of them really look to be showing any physical signs right now of any uh, you know, slacking off or any degradement. Um so then speaking of Tom Brady, you know, we steered away from Tom Brady. I don't know how much interest he ever had in us. From what I understand, he was pretty gung-ho about the Bucks from the beginning of this, even beyond just this offseason. It's been going on for a while, um, I imagine, ever since Bruce got down there. But um, what do you think? Why, why didn't we target Tom Brady? Was it a fit with the offense itself or – well, I think I think starting off the buzz around Brady and the Colts, I think it's it could be coming from interest from his side. Um, I think it was more predominantly his agent wanting to push up how much teams will be willing to offer Brady, um, because you see the Colts with with eighty million dollars in cap space and and a dire quarterback situation. You're go, you're going to want to say that the Colts are interested because that more teams will be like, Oh, well the Colts have all this money. We need to compete with them. So I don't really know how much it was on Brady. I think it was more of his agent. We'll never know for sure. Right. Um, I just, and, and Frank did touch on this because the media did ask him these questions because of hearing about this. Why, why rivers over Brady, if Brady was so interested and, and Frank was very honest about it. He said, you know, we, we did look at Brady. Um, we, I watched all of his film as well. And we just felt that, that Philip rivers was the better fit for, for what we're trying to do. One, one of those reasons could be is he also mentioned that, that Phil probably already knows 80 to 85% of the playbook. It's not going to be a big transition for him. I mean, the verbiage is a little bit different, but he already knows the same concepts. He's basically been running it since 2013 when they first started working together. It's, and that's a big thing. I mean, not that Brady couldn't learn the offense. I mean, Brady's 20 years in the NFL. He's going to be able to master the offense. It's just it makes it a little bit easier. It allows them to get going on the right foot, and especially with, with everything going on. Off-season programs probably aren't going to happen. It, the first time these guys are going to be able to practice will probably be training camp, um, and training camp may even be delayed a little bit. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, I just that and the connection, the familiarity that Frank Reich has with, with Phillip Rivers, I, just, I think that was just the sealer over the top. He just He watched all the film saw that Rivers, to him, hasn't diminished physically, knows where he needs to improve, thinks he can improve on that. He said, I know what this guy's capable of. I'm comfortable with him. Let's just go. And I th- I think really that was that was what was behind it. And I just – that's why they probably looked at Brady. I'm not – but they didn't make the full-fledged push for him because of they they trusted what, what Phil had. So Yeah, and – You've said this before. I've said this before. If Tom Brady puts on a Colts jersey and runs out onto that field, Lucas Oil's going to boo his ass. Yeah. I mean, it, I would. 
I've seen, I, I saw a lot of comments this week on stories saying that fans would not cheer for the Colts or it would be very tough for them to be able to cheer at games if Tom Brady was in a Colts uniform. I would have had a really hard time. I would have had a really hard time cheering for this team if right. Tom Brady suited up. I would have. So, um, <clears throat> so then, you know, the other quarterback on the roster, Jacoby, um, Frank talked a little bit about, you know, how he's going to be used and he'll probably be seeing some snaps during games. You thinking, uh, I think Frank said specifically something about RPOs maybe. And then do you think maybe on some of that kind of like Jacoby came in that one game for Andrew early last season? Very well could. Know, maybe a real deep yeah. ball that I mean, very, maybe Phil just doesn't yeah, have the arm for it. Very well could be. Uh, I think specifically in the RPO game where, I mean, Brissett is a lot more mobile than, than Phil Rivers. Um or something where it's the quick RPO with a quick slant, something to just change up the offense. I mean, you know, you know, Frank is always trying to reinvent things, trying to think outside the box, trying to get his playmakers in the best position. And and it's not like they think Jacoby is is absolute garbage. They still think he can play at a high level, and they think he's probably one of the best backups in the league. Obviously, that's that's <laughs> he's paid like it. So if you're paying him that much, you might as well get him on the field and try to relate to his strengths too. Those mm-hmm. those quick passes. I mean, he's a huge guy and a very strong guy. He could come okay. in come in on fourth and one situations or or short yardage and try to sneak it up the middle, do some bootleg things to get him out of the pocket. I mean, and he's not he's not you know the athlete that Taysom Hill is. But, no, but look at what. Sean Payton's able to do with Taysom Hill. Right. You know, and I think his role is going to change down with the Saints quite a bit this year. I think he's going to get more snaps in quarterback type situations um, than he has in the past, but I think they'll protect him a little more without Teddy being there as the the backup. But, yeah. Um, and Frank said, yeah. Frank, when he talked to Jacoby shortly after the move or right before the move was announced, I mean, you said Jacoby wasn't happy. I mean, obviously that's going to be the case. Not happy. You're be a good teammate. You're you're given the the reins to this to a, a NFL franchise, and you've given it your all, and you're still going, and you're being replaced. I mean, obviously, no none of us would take it well, but I think what they see in Jacoby is how great of a teammate he is, and how willing he's to is to sacrifice for the team. Um, I know Philip Rivers said that he he's going to reach out to him and they're going to try to work together as best as possible. And uh, no, just seeing what how Jacoby was before Andrew retired, after Andrew retired. Um, I mean, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude. Yeah. yeah, we we talk we talk crap about him all the time for for not doing this or that. But Jacoby is a good dude and a I've good never said leader. One bad thing on about this the man team. as a person. Yeah, exactly. So he's. I mean, he's from what everything i've seen he should be able to take this in stride be able to be a huge contributor still in that quarterback room and when he's called upon i mean i i think he'll be still a great asset to this team and if they do those those rpo situations i'm i'm excited to see how it turns out i really have this past year the one thing about jacoby being starting quarterback is all the post game interviews I've really, I do, I have enjoyed him being on the mic because right. he's not afraid to just give the reporters and whatnot a little bit of shit. I enjoy yeah. that. Um, so what, what about uh, the DeForest Buckner trade? What did uh, Frank have to say about that in his interview? He was all, all over it. He loved it, and yep. I think this it kind of goes to show that, like you were saying earlier, Chris relies on Frank for a lot of the offensive side of things. Yeah. I mean, he obviously has his input, but 
Chris Ballard is a is a defensive guy at heart. When you hear him talk about all the past places he's been, he talks about that Chicago defense. He talks about being in Kansas City, what they were trying to do on defense. He always talks about building a dominant defense. He's a defensive guy at heart. Uh-huh. And when he sees that and when and in Frank's presser, he called DeForest Buckner one of the top defensive linemen and three techniques in the league. When you have the opportunity to go get that guy, go for it. So I think he's just excited because if you see this defense flying around making opportunities, it's going to allow his offense to flourish even more and be more right. aggressive. So I think uh, this right here, I think, uh, you know, coaches want to win right now. Right. GMs want to win a little down the road, you know, and, and build for the future. Um, and we see a little bit of compromise right now, I think, between Frank and and Chris in kind of making an effort to do it right now and in the future. Um, you know, trying to build both at the same time, which is hard to do. Uh, I I was talking to some people at work this week and, oh, yeah, the Buckner trade was okay. Like, but I'm like, I don't think you realize how good that guy is. I'm, I think he probably is better than who's the guy that they kept armstead oh he's definitely better better than eric armstead they're not going to replace a guy like buck and i think the i think the niners know that i just think they knew they couldn't pay both so they took armstead yeah what do you think third fourth best deed tackle in the league or is that a little high? I, I mean, he. I think he's top five. I mean, yeah. you've got Aaron Donald up there, obviously. You obvious got, number one. You've got Chris Jones, but and Chris, I mean, that's DeFor- I is DeForest Buckner two. three? Maybe I don't. That's that's how I would view it. Can you really think? I mean, JJ JJ Watt maybe, but he plays all over the line. Yeah, I don't know if I consider him more on the end an interior. Anyway. Um, but can who's you really? The, who's the guy from the Jaguars? Is the, oh, Clayus Campbell. Well, he's now he's on the Ravens. In, Ngakwe, he's a defensive end. He's not an interior lineman. But um, yeah, I mean, and you got the kids just turned twenty six. He's going to be around for a long time and just continue to get better. So that's, I mean, Frank was all over that, and and like all Colts fans are, they're excited to get that monster in the building, that monster on the field, and really see how he's going to be able to change and and impact all three levels of the defense. Right. Yeah. So. what about with everything going on right now? It's obvious OTAs are probably out of the question or are out of the question. Right. You said earlier, um, you know, the first time we're going to see, uh, you know, any practice time with this new team that we're starting to build um, is going to be training camp. What did, did Frank have anything to say on that? He, he touched on it a little bit. Um, they they're definitely preparing for it, especially with things looking like there's not going to be any off season programs. Um, he was talking about how the Colts really are trying to focus on making sure they can do their off-season programs remotely, being able to get in those meeting rooms on on like a Zoom platform, being able to get everybody involved, make sure they're all sticking to their workouts, everything like that. And that he's told his coaches, he's told um, his players, the, I, the IT guys, they need to become expert at these things and know how to use them, know how to get the best out of these these technologies uh-huh. so that way they can use them to their best advantage because, I mean, even though the programs are canceled, you still, you, you still got to work. I mean, they yeah. still got to get through the processes, start getting the playbook implemented, start making sure the players are on their specific workouts, things like that. Um, so it's, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for everybody. A lot of people are working remote and having issues and, and things like that, but you just got to adjust and NFL teams are the same way. How about that zoom company? Good for them. Good for them. This is great for them. Yeah. I've never heard that 
uh, that one before. It was it's a paid subscription, but with everything going on, they made it free, so everyone's just using ah, got it. Got it. We use a different we use a different company at work for video conferences. Apple has you know the FaceTime groups now, right? But somehow of all you know of all the companies to pull something out of their ass and blow up out you know because all this is good for them. Yeah, but, but anyway, yeah. like I think I mean the Colts. Like he said, they need to become experts at these things because it's something that they they have to work around. And if not, that's that's gonna, they're going to get left in the dust and be way behind. So I think I think all NFL teams are are trying their best to to figure this out and and really figure out how they can use technology and 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 things like Zoom and FaceTime yeah. to really work to their advantage. So it'll be it'll be interesting and definitely different to see uh, how that how that all plays out for them. Right. So this week, uh, T.J. Carey got signed by the Colts. Um, you weren't expecting it when I, uh, texted I, that to you. I, I didn't expect us to sign another free agent cornerback at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, after we signed, uh, Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes. I, I was, well, that position's all tied up. Maybe get a, you know, another rookie in there to, to, you know, learn behind some of the veterans, but yeah, uh, that one caught me by surprise. What do you think about him? I don't know a yeah, whole bunch about him. See this, this one didn't catch me by surprise. Cause you go back to, to the end of the year at Chris Ballard's press conference, um, when he was talking about the defensive collapse, the last fourth of the year. Um, and he said, it really started when Kenny Moore went down with an injury and he said, I need to do a better job of getting someone that can back up Kenny Moore, get that backup slot corner that's so important. The slot corner is so important to this cover two defense that they run. He said he needs to do a better job of getting somebody in there that can step into that role and really be a factor. And, and that's who TJ Carey is going to be. Um, He was, he played it with Cleveland and uh, the Raiders, Oakland Raiders um, before he came here. Uh He started, I think he started a lot of most games last year in Cleveland, uh, maybe as their slot corner. Um, he's He has experience outside. He has experience in the slot. He said he likes to play in the slot mostly because it gives you a lot more freedom what you can do, um, whether play tight, you can blitz, peel off, things like that. He he likes being able to be that that ability. He also mentioned when, when they were speaking to him um, – what drew him to the Colts is he's going to have an opportunity for play time because the Colts do like to rotate their DBs, but at the same time, he can be that veteran presence, another veteran presence in that secondary. Because if you think outside of Xavier Rhodes, I mean, even though Kenny Moore has been a starter for a couple of years, he's still only 24. Rocky seen Marvell Tell are only in their second year. Um, Malik Hooker just turned 24 this week. Happy birthday to him. Uh, Kari Willis is on second year player. The the secondary is very young for the Colts, so another that, veteran can can definitely be a voice and and help teach these young guys on how to be professionals in the league. Right, I agree. Um, and corner, I mean the DB positions, all of them. That's them and wide receiver, the two position to positions that we need the most help at. So, I guess I mean it makes sense. I mean after we after we you know you get into it and you look at it and like you said. Uh, he'll probably be the backup nickel uh, corner for uh, Kenny Moore. So, um, and you never that makes know. A lot of sense and a little, like you said, veteran presence in, in right. that position. So, yeah. And if if Rocky Racine, man, I can't talk. Rocky Racine or Xavier Rhodes, they go down. I mean, T.J. Carey can step right in there. Sure. He has starting experience. Um, like I said, outside, inside, he can play both. He's a great tackler. It's something the Colts 
require of their DBs to be. Um, so it's it's not a flash signing, but he were getting to the point of free agency where Chris Ballard in previous years would make most of his moves, get these guys that are are solid guys mm-hmm. for for not that much money, maybe on shorter deals, but guys that can come in and really make a difference and really contribute. And you start watching them in the season and they'll be coming up and making these plays. And you're like, man, that, that I never knew that this guy was capable mm-hmm. of this. And I think that's where Chris Ballard really thrives in free agency. It's just this year has been completely different with the Buckner trade and signing Phillip Rivers and, and everything like that. There's it's, just a couple of things out of, out of character with him, but it was, he addressed needs that we needed, right. You know, big time. And we had the money to spend. So he said, Hey, I'll, I'll put the money into, into these positions. And he thinks um, the locker room is finally ready for right. these big moves. Right. And I think, um, I guess my thoughts on that position, the DB positions in general, um, our secondary, uh, a lot of talent but real young uh you know so and not a lot of depth Mm -hmm. so you know this signing helps out with two of the issues in that position right there right adds the depth adds a little bit of um you know leadership so i think i think it's a good move looking back i did like i said i didn't i wasn't upset about the move i just was shocked that two of our big free agency moves in a row were cornerbacks Mm -hmm. i yeah Concerning the Colts secondary, I I think it's got a lot of promise. Obviously, you have one of the top yeah. slot corners and Kenny Moore leading the thing. Um, Rocky seen had a he had his good moments last year. Had some ugly moments. Right. He he definitely was handsy because he he's trying to make that transition from playing mostly man to man at Temple to playing mostly zone in the Colts scheme. And and a lot of times you do see these you do see cornerbacks make a big leap from their first year to their second year in the NFL just because it is such a different game coming from college to the NFL. That first year is going to be rocky. Even for a guy that was considered a first round pick, we got him very early second. Um, I, I do think that he is going to definitely improve. You saw it towards the end of the year. He was one of the standouts on our defense. Not many of them when Mm -hmm. we collapsed, but he, he's got this toughness and this grit where he doesn't let bad plays affect him. And he just goes back to war. And so I think, I think he's got great upside. Um, Obviously with Xavier Rhodes definitely has a ton to prove he's going to come in there and, and hopefully a new place, new, new franchise working with his old DB coaches. It kind of brings new life to him and gets him back to pro bowl, all pro form. A fresh Um, start can do a lot. Right. Um, And then you got our safety. He's got Malik hooker who, if he could just stay healthy and we, we do need to see more out of him. I think the Colts still haven't picked up his fifth year option though. I don't know if they're, they're willing to, to extend him. I think this is sure. a big year for him. And then Kari Willis, uh, no more Clayton gathers. Doesn't look like they're going to resign him. Kari Willis did surplant Ke- uh, gathers at the end of the year mm-hmm. starting um, dude flies all over the field, makes great tackles. I do think he could use a little bit, be a little bit better in coverage. But again, second year defensive back, those guys normally take a big step. So I'm excited right. to see. And and the Colts think he's a baller, and they're going to yeah. give him every chance. And there were plenty of games where he made great plays last year too. So they're they're young, but their upside is is trending what really in the right direction. Yeah. And I think I think we could possibly see a huge jump for a lot of these guys next year and mm-hmm. it, like i said with with deforest buckter darius leonard creating pressure it's going to help the secondary too so the, i think potential is very high um 
not going to say they're going to be one of the most feared defensive back groups in no. the league, but I mean, they could definitely be a solid group and one that we can depend on, I think. Sure. But hey, cornerback, that's first or second hardest position in football, uh, especially at the NFL level. You're going up against these wide receivers or some of the best athletes, you know, fastest guys, biggest right. guys in the league. Uh, you know, and the corner has to react to everything that wide receiver is doing. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a tough damn job, and yeah. I think we got better at it recently. So, um, from, from looking looking at this point, I would say if you would need to put a ranking on it, I see our ceiling this year as being maybe between ten to fifteen, hovering more around the ten area with our mm-hmm. defensive backs. Um, and and if Xavier Rhodes goes back to form and you have Xavier Rhodes and Kenny Moore just being his normal self and continuing improving, that could even go a little bit higher. But I think sure. preliminarily right now, 10 to 15, and, and we'll just see where this group goes. Sure, and I think we're going to see an increased number of sacks and whatnot too yeah. that are not going to be coverage sacks. They're going to be defensive line sacks. Right. So, I mean, there's going to be less of a workload on these DBs too. Um, so, let's see. Clowney. Jameis, Cam, all still unsigned. I heard that Clowney has uh, let the world know he's willing to take about four mil less than he w- it was looking like he was asking for. Down to 17 mil a year. Yeah. For a guy that got three sacks last year. <laughs> yeah. Big ask. No you, shit. You, you can tell my feelings on Jadavion. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think I he's, I don't, I'm, I mean, I think he's a, a good player. I don't think he's worth $17 million a year. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, that's – I mean, if some franchise wants to go out and pay him, I mean, good for you, bud. Go get your money. But I, I just don't see it. I, The hype earlier when he was younger was like, man, this guy could be the next Lawrence Taylor around the edge, and he just doesn't produce the sack numbers. The dude can't stay healthy. Um, I was listening to, to the Athletics podcast – earlier this week talking about Jadavion Clowney as well and they brought up a good point when someone someone asked if Clowney would be a good fit for the Colts if if they should give the rest of their their cap space to Clowney and you got they brought up a very good point about how much money he's asking and what Chris Ballard said about being able to pay these these free agents the locker room knows who's getting the most money and it almost seems like Clowney is only wanting to go to the team that gives him the most money. I mean, yeah. more power to him. This guy, it's the guys in the NFL don't have short careers. I'm never going to bash a guy for wanting to get as much money as he can. But at the same time, is that really a fit for what the Colts are building? Is that the type of guys exactly. that they really want? It doesn't want? fit our motto at all. It was Stephen Holder that talked about that. Yeah. I think called him, related him to a mercenary, kind of like <laughs> Michael Bennett. Um, made a lot of sense. I mean, it, and that is kind of what he's doing um but yeah he's he's not a good fit for our for our culture but i still think he'll probably end up resigning with seattle that's what i'm thinking but i don't yeah the the people that say oh we still need to go after clown still need to go after clown just just no we don't just stop it we don't just need to do that um because if he gets on the team that takes snaps away from my boy kamoko ture you know i'm high on that right i mentioned him every episode that guy's that guy mark it down right now that guy is going to flourish this year if he yep. comes back healthy. Uh-huh. Mark it. I believe it. Jameis, uh, I'm not super shocked he's not getting a ton of attention, and probably because wherever he goes, he's going to end up being a backup, so he's not going to want right. that. Uh, Cam not being signed anywhere yet uh, kind of shocks me. I saw some video of him working out this week. Looks good, in my opinion. Looks healthy. 
Uh, it's hard to tell off a of, you know an edited little video of him just throwing the football to some right. guys. But I think there are two big things with Cam. The first is the medical. You, with, Obvious with COVID nineteen and the coronavirus going around. You got you can't get your own docs to take a look at his yep. his foot his shoulder to see how healthy this guy is yeah. and you you're just not gotta gonna trust some other guy you're that not said gonna, he's good. right you're not gonna pay the money for a prayer especially for a guy that just got off sh- shoulder surgery just has has had all these foot problems and that's one of his main things is his mobility and his ab- his ability to move the chains with his legs I think that's that's in his favor and not going well in his favor and then in the second point is is just how he is in a locker room and you, you just there's that stigma around him whether it's true or not definitely from the outside looks like it's true that it's it's all about cam it's not about the team it's not about doing whatever you can sacrificing so that the team can win it's it's all about cam and if cam doesn't get this or that or he doesn't get this publicity it's it just he he spirals now i mean obviously we're not in the locker room so we don't know if if that's true or not i i haven't really seen anything what his past teammates have said but it just that's that's the stigma around i think i think past teammates enjoy having him as a teammate but um, I think from a coaching standpoint, which Ron Rivera loved him, but his nonsense, you know, after games and bringing unnecessary attention to certain things, you know, even through social media and stuff, just not something I want around. I mean, he's no Antonio Brown, but yikes, it's yeah, but yeah, he's still, eh. you know, I, I, I really thought maybe the, I think I felt like the chargers would be looking harder, but I think a big thing, uh, that's you know delaying stuff like you said is the whole doctor situation so i think once uh you know all this settles down and somebody's able to get a good look at him uh there's still going to be a little gap in time between i think when things settle down and then when training camp starts so there will be time in between you know before training camp to get him somewhere and checked out and signed on a team heck it could be till the beginning of the season when quarterbacks start to go down um and people need to pick up a quarterback that he's not taken i it's just it's it's just not a good market for these free agent QBs coming up because there's not very many starting spots and it looks uh-huh. like the teams that do need starting spots like the Bengals like sure. the Dolphins like the the Chargers the, the Chargers are saying they're going to go forward with Tyrod Taylor they'll probably draft a QB and make Tyrod Taylor the bridge quarterback there's just not a lot of starting spots out there and that's what these guys are looking for so if you're going to go anywhere you're going to have to sign for to be a backup for backup money with with the draft approaching so quickly and all these quarterbacks that are ready for this draft, it's, it's just tough for these guys. Right. So, uh, we got some more free agency signings, uh, Ronald Darby to Washington, uh, Derek Wolf to Baltimore, which I announced last week. Baltimore's um, defensive line is going to be Baltimore's defense is gonna be so good. They're going to be so good. Them and Kansas city again are going to be two scary teams. Do you know how much money the other day Kansas city had in cap space? Not very one hundred and seventy seven dollars. Yeah, that's <laughs> like they're they're like right at the cap. Yeah, that's why they're, they're not making trouble. any money. Right. Well, that that plus, I think they have some pending moves that um, I think they're not in a rush to get doctors checked out because they got a couple deals that maybe they'll be able to bail out on. Maybe. From what I understand, they um, they gotta be uh, they gotta be planning for the future though because uh, that boy oh Patrick God. Mahomes. That contract is He's going to be so much money. absurd. And Florio keeps talking about how if the if Kansas City's smart, they'll just promise him a percentage of the cap, 
whatever is appropriate for a quarterback position, the best quarterback in the league, 17, 18% of the cap space, just every year, whatever that is. Now, the problem is no one does that. No one has done that. Mm-mm. It's because the owners are against it. But, and, and you know, if you're the first team to do it, the little ownership, you know, you know, fucking buddy group is going to be, you know, pissed off at whoever finally makes a move like that. But it might just make the most sense for Patrick Mahomes and for that team uh, to make sure that they maintain some cap space down the road and that he is not getting undervalued once the cap, the caps go up. Um, It'll be interesting for sure. I, I know nobody's ever done it before because the owners don't really want to put that much onus and that much, because if they did that, that's, that's almost a fully guaranteed contract. Sure. And that's, that's never, I don't, I mean, it very well could be Brady just got his fully guaranteed. I was about to say, there's never been one that's always been fully guaranteed. But well, at the his same deals time, a lot shorter than yeah, Patrick Mahomes' right. deal is going to be too. But I, I don't. I'd be, very, I'd be very surprised if that happened, where he was guaranteed a percentage of the cap. But they, they do have to be thinking about that because uh-huh. I mean, you're obviously going to make him the highest paid player in the league as he should right. be with, with his talent. So that's why Kansas City just they need to keep that in mind down the road as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Derek Wolf. Oh, just said that. Demarcus Robinson went back to Kansas City. Speaking of them, uh, Shelby Harris back to Denver. DJ Reader to Cincinnati. And those were two guys those... that before the uh, the Buckner trade, I thought the Colts might might target uh, Shelby Harris especially. Um, it doesn't look like the market was very big for him. As I thought it was going to uh-uh. be quite a bit larger considering his year in Denver. Um, I and saw I D- saw that that was somebody we were interested in at one point. I don't know if there was any right. trade behind that. That was earlier before free agency and then once once buckner got signed i mean that was pretty much out the window right um and then in regards to dj reader to cincinnati he was i I remember multiple times last year when the colts were playing the texans of him getting through there and and really kind of being disruptive so it's good to get another another young disruptive defensive lineman out of the division uh, sure for the colts side anyway yeah um what about Eric Berry? Has Eric Berry re-signed anywhere yet? Eric did Berry, he re-sign with Kansas City? Or no, he, he hasn't out? signed with anybody. I don't think he would go to Kansas City. He's, I think he's looking elsewhere. But, I mean, that was one of the guys we said that the Colts might target, and that's who we heard rumors of. But sure. ever since, I haven't seen anything of him really talking to teams. I, again, I think with him being out of the league for a year teams want to see what mm-hmm. he what he has want to see, be able to run him through a workout be able to see what exactly he has left in the tank if there's any injury concerns or anything like that and and they just can't do that right now so i think that's hurting his his chances um and i also don't think he's just going to sign for the the league minimum anywhere he wants it to be a fair deal to him but he also wants it to be the right spot i just don't think he's in a in a hurry to sign with anybody sure um any free agents out there right now uh left that you think the colts might go or should go after anybody you'd like to see there's there's not really anybody for me that comes to mind that jumps out maybe Eric Berry like you said to add another veteran piece to the uh to the secondary because the Colts right now I think they have they have four safeties with Hooker Willis George Odom and then Roland um Mulligan just signed his uh exclusive rights tender this week so they have four safeties uh really Eric Berry the other ones there's not really anyone that I think the Colts must have if they get more quality depth pieces 
maybe along the offensive line. Um, the tie, I would say maybe the wide receiver market's just completely empty. I think everyone's waiting for the draft. Um, tight ends, I heard they were interested in Delaney Walker. That hasn't really gone anywhere. So I, just, I think we're just getting to the point where we're going to see be a good pickup. fewer and far between Delaney Walker. Only thing is he's 36 and he came off of an injury riddled year. Yeah. So I think if we do get a tight end, it'll be third, fourth round of the draft is where mm-hmm. I would think that would happen. So I have I a know. little interest in a wide receiver that's still out there. It is also be? a little on the on the old end. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., okay, dude's still fast. Okay, he's real, real man, good in the man, locker man. room. He was listen, he was just on Pat's show the other day. If we if we I'm not saying we should you know, aggressively pursue him or anything. But if somebody tweeted Colts just signed Ted Ginn Jr., you know, that wouldn't piss me off. He's still real fast. Um, you know, he's a really good locker room guy. Uh, he said in an interview recently, like, you know, he wants to get signed with a team as, as fast as possible because he doesn't want to miss a single day of football. He'd go to OTAs. He'd go to all the voluntary stuff, you know, and he hopes uh, all that stuff still goes on wherever he goes to sign because he wants to get to work. Um just seen I've, I've never really heard him talk before he's never made a pro bowl i think he's played 16 seasons 18 seasons something like that hasn't made a single pro bowl blew my mind yeah i just i don't i wouldn't be too high on that move i the colts if they were going to sign an older wide receiver they probably would have went with emmanuel sanders um i with ted ginn i just when i think about him i think about the the other wide receiver names that we've signed in free agency over the past years. And he reminds me of like the Donnie Avery sighting, the Andre Johnson signing. I forgot about that. The, Johnson thing. um, Oh, what was that? I one thought guy? Andre Johnson was going to do so not, much more fucking work. Not for Keenan us. Kamar Aiken signing. All of these guys are older wide receivers that have, haven't, I mean, Andre Johnson, obviously a hall of famer, but these other guys are quality receivers that are older. They're older in age. And they come to the Colts and they don't do anything, man. And I just, right. I, I think, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's incredibly fast, but we've got guys like T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell on the team that, yeah. that that already fills those roles. I think what the Colts are looking for is a wide receiver that, that Phillip Rivers is more comfortable with throwing a big, tall, long wide receiver goes up and gets those 50, 50 balls. Um, someone that can box a guy out, um, and just go up and grab it. I think that's yeah. who the Colts would be targeting rather than a six foot Ted Ginn. I I just think bigger receiver is what we're gonna go after. True. And and it's one of the receivers. It's what Frank Reich likes as well. I mean, he was the one that pushed for Devin Funches. Um, you saw how he when he was in Philadelphia, what he did with with Alshon Jeffrey. Frank Reich loves these big long wide receivers on the outside that can go up and just sky and get the ball and i think that's what that's what the colts are wanting to target with their wide receivers and i think that's what we will see here in a few weeks um with the colts selections in the draft as well do you think alshon jeffrey is a possibility we saw your wonderful little cbs sports uh update. frank Wright. frank frank Wright. frank Wright needs to reunite with alshon jeffrey is he even a free? He's not even a free agent. Is no, he? he's has a massive contract with the Eagles, and everyone it's just the wants dumbest shit I've ever it's, heard. It's 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 these people in the media that want the Eagles to unload it so quickly so they can make more moves, and they're like, oh well, he should go to the Colts. Let's just give him the Colts. The thing is, Chris Ballard's like, nah, fam, I don't want that contract. I just spent a yeah. lot of money on other guys. Like he's still just because he spent a lot of money doesn't mean he's going to continue it. He's got we've got extensions down the line. We got Ryan Kelly, Malik Hooker, possibly possibly Marlon Mack, Quentin Nelson. Derek 
Darius Leonard, all these guys that are going to come up and get big, big money that, yeah. that we need this cap space for as well. I'll talk about Patrick Mont planning for Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. The Colts have a lot of guys that they're going to keep too that they still need to keep in the back of their mind. They can't to be planning for that these extensions will take up a lot of the cap space that they have currently. Awesome. So also this week, something uh, you didn't mention in the outline this week. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but the vote for uh, the 14-team playoffs has been approved and yeah. will be put into motion this year, as I suspected. Right. I know, you know, you, you mentioned not liking it because it, it promotes average teams um, getting into the playoffs. Here's what you you know, kind of forgot about though. I mean, how often do we go, man, I can't believe that team didn't make the playoffs. You know, they're in a real good division and you know, where two teams in that division have a really good record. Obviously one wins the division, the other one, you know, there's, there are good teams that get left out of the playoffs. I think I heard if we went back 10 years with this playoff structure, I think one team with a losing record would have made it that year. And I think it, and hell that almost happened a couple years ago in the NFC South without, the 14 game playoff. I think the Falcons and the Panthers were close to having a losing record. I can't remember who made it. Um, but I mean, shitty, yeah, shitty teams getting in the playoffs now. Um, so I stand on my more football argument and I'm fucking excited about more football. I mean, more football is always good, but at the same time, if you look back to say this was the format last year, the two teams that would have made the playoffs would have been the Steelers and the Rams. You watched their games last yeah. year, both not great. The Steelers no, the Rams, were a dumpster no. fire. The Steelers played one in one incredible season considering their situation. With Big Ben going out, they had all the They got really lucky a lot of times. Sure. Especially against Mike, us. Good for Mike good for Mike. Especially Tomlin, against though. us. I mean, yeah, do you remember true. that game? I mean, yeah. there's I just, I Mike don't know why, did, why. Mike Tomlin did one hell of a fucking yeah, thing with that football Mike Tomlin's team. one of the best coaches in the league. There's no doubt about yeah, that. I agree. There's, I just, why are we, why are we promoting mediocrity with these teams that are 500 teams that you watch throughout the year? They're so inconsistent. Okay, but how many, how many shitty, you know, barely over 500 teams or not above 500 teams give up halfway through the season because they're like, well, you know, I'm mathematically eliminated now. Who gives a shit? You know, well, that's, and, that's what leaves coaches. If I good coaches would, even exactly, if they I'm don't saying, make the but playoffs, it, fuck, it happens. I mean, it, it reduces. Well, that's, that's their I fault. I think it reduces shitty games towards the end of the season. I don't, I think it reduces. I didn't say it got rid of. It reduces the amount of shitty games at the end of the season. I don't. Cause you're still watching terrible it's teams More football. You're watching, you're still watching the same yeah, terrible team the, watching their fucking second string. You're going to reward those guys. I mean, the most of the guys don't play the second string. Anyway, if you're not going to make the playoffs, so you don't pay, play your second string. Colts weren't going to make the playoffs and Jacoby still played the entire time. The guys that aren't going to make man the play, some work. the guy that aren't going to make the playoffs. I mean, those teams are still going to play their guys. Why would you play your second stringers? unless you're you're sitting and last year nobody rested their guys maybe i don't know if the ravens did the or ravens not. did but i mean i mean that's the one i think seed, he so might they I deserve think, that i think he might have set out two games it was one or two games i know he set out with at least one game it was one game but just i don't know i just i mean yeah it's gonna be fun watching another couple games but at the same time it's i i don't like the idea of rewarding mediocrity and and letting average teams get into the playoffs. I think that the NFL should, I mean, just leaving it as it is, as it is with two wildcard teams, I, I think that's fine. Why mess with it and why put 
teams that don't deserve it, why give them the chance to get into the playoffs against teams that really do deserve because it? Because money, Andrew. Duh. Well, I know That's why. That's why the owners want I know it. why they're doing it. I'm just saying <laughs> that it's going to be stupid. I don't think it's stupid. I, I bet come that first playoff weekend, you're going to be like, woohoo, another game. Guarantee it. Um, so the draft also this week, uh, we found out the drafts ago, people aren't happy about it. And, uh, Roger Goodell kind of told everybody fucking suck it up. It's happening. We're doing the draft. It's going on. Um, so the structure of this is going to be super interesting. And this is the biggest reason I'm excited for it to still be going on other than, you know, just sports news. Um, the way they do it is going to be the most intriguing part. It's going to be the most watched draft, I think, of all time. Uh, you know, average fans who can give a shit less are so bored that, uh, you know, I think even they'll be watching at least the first couple rounds. Uh, what do you what do you think it's going to look like team wise? I think it's it's going to be interesting because they're. It seems like they're going to. Well, what they wanted to do is have cameras in all the war rooms, but now it doesn't even seem like. It could be up in the air whether there are war rooms or if right. everyone's going to be drafting like from some... their homes or, or things like that. So I, I just I love the, the idea that the that the draft is still going on because one it, it allows us to forget about everything that's going on and allows us to get to think about our favorite teams. Think that's about, what sports are. Think about who is going to be joining our teams. It gives fans hope. And what really made me mad this week is seeing Adam Schefter on ESPN talking to, to Scott Van Pelt and, and making a big deal about the draft still going on. It's like, dude, like this is something that we need as a country, as with all the depressing stuff going on with this virus and people being laid off, losing their jobs, not being able to do the things they love, being cooped up in the houses. This is something that allows us to forget about everything, be able right. to to be hopeful for our favorite teams, see kids that have been working towards this their entire life being drafted by by major league football teams, by national football league teams, and being able to achieve their dream and saying, man, I made it to the NFL. That's it's so great. And that's what a big thing of what the draft is all about. And for it to just keep right. being postponed and postponed for us to sit at home, watch the same Netflix show over and over again. Uh -huh. And for us to be just depressed about everything that's going on. This is something that the country needs. And we have the technology. It's mm -hmm. 2020. We have the technology to be able to do this virtually. He's, he was complaining that, Oh, the teams aren't going to be able to have the perfect situation. So what they're paid thousands of dollars these NFL teams and these NFL front offices are paid the big bucks to make these decisions there's so much technology out that you can do this right. remotely there's I mean who cares if the spectacle or the show isn't as great it's, it's still not going to be as great and it's still going to be the most highly viewed right, fucking right. draft people ever. are still going to love it people are still going to come out watch it and it's going to be something that that it just allows people to forget about what's going on and be able to hope and 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 cheer for their favorite teams cheer for right. the players because when was the last time we had a draft and you're thinking man all these players suck. Like you, we each year, every fan, every fan base after the draft thinks, "Man, these guys are going to help us out." This it gives this yeah. us something to look forward to, and not just be sitting home, just so consumed with with the despair of what this virus is. I mean, this I right. mean, like get real, get with what what the people want to see and what we need as a country. To we just need some hope right now, and I think. Sure. I think that's what this draft is going to do, and and if he doesn't see that, that, that I mean, just like get real, dude. Yeah.
he sucks. You did tell me you were going to go off on a tangent about this. So I mean, it, it, tangent, yeah. tangent it, complete. It's ridiculous. Um, like I agree, though. It's what's it hurt too? Nothing. You know what I mean? What what's it hurting? Ooh. Either way, all the teams are going to be at whatever disadvantage it is. Exactly. All the teams are going to have all it. dealing They're with not the same gonna, thing. There's 22 states that have NFL teams, and some of them are saying, you know, hey, we don't think we're going to let this war room shit happen, even with 10, you know, only 10 people in there. Um, you know, so if let's say Kansas City, okay, let's say, uh, you know, Mississippi decides, or Missouri, whatever fucking side of Missouri, um, says, hey, no, we're not going to let you get together. All 32 teams are going to have to follow whatever that one team right. has to do. They're, so everybody's going to be It's going to be shit. a level playing field. And like I said, these guys know what they're doing. They've been watching film on the prospects. If if they're making, if you're making a decision right now or trying to find new information about a about a player right now, then you didn't do your work, and you're probably not with a great franchise anyway. That's your fault. Exactly. At this point, the war room is just a lot of conversation about, okay, that guy was here on our board. Now we got to, all right, who's up next? What do we got next on the fucking board? You can do that over the phone. You can do that via Zoom. You can do that via FaceTime. I don't give a shit. There are debates within the war rooms. Definitely each pick whether, okay, who are we going to go with? And the scouts will will put their their foot forward for their guy, and then – the GM will, will make the final decision. But even and, if we get people and you in can, one room, you can do that over over Zoom. You can do that in group in group meeting technologies, things like that. So it's it's. I just keep going back to this. It's something that the country needs. It's something to to forget about. I mean, I'll even talk about like what I watch on Sundays. What I mean, I'm a huge NASCAR fan. What yeah. NASCAR has been doing is they've been at the tracks that they're supposed to be that weekend. They run races on iRacing and they get all of the guys from the cup series to come get in their simulators, race these races. It's a lot of fun. It's cool because there's racing on it. It, it looks super realistic because iRacing is as, almost as close as you can get to, to real racing without actually real racing. And it's it, for a, an hour and a half to two hours, you just forget and you, you enjoy the sport that you love. And, like I said, this, if we have the ability to do it and we have the ability to keep everybody safe and, and at their homes or social distancing to do it, why not? Why right. not allow us to do this and, and give us hope and get our minds off of what's going on? Well, and here's a big thing, too, is that this is the last thing we get, you know, until training camp starts that you know, is, is making changes to our team. Free agencies, you know, still goes on, but it slows down quite a right. bit. This is the last, like, okay, man, we need our team to do this. And then we get to celebrate that. And then after this, it's all looking forward to, um, you know, just the season. So right. I'm glad it's going down. Um, you know, and I think next week, um, maybe, I think you talked about, we'll do one week uh, focused on the offensive needs. Uh, in the draft one week focusing on the defensive needs in the draft yeah i think i think what our next couple episodes are going to be is, is since the draft is a few weeks away um next week we're going to do a deep dive into into specifically for the colts obviously the offensive positions what they'll be targeting focus on some guys that the colts may draft and then the week after that do a do a look at the defensive side where where guys we think fit what guys look good what could be good fits with the colts um and then um i think what we're planning on doing is that wednesday night right before the draft maybe we'll we'll release it wednesday night or thursday morning right before the first round do a little mock draft 
draft of ourselves and kind of bonus episode kind of try to predict what's going to happen so uh there's it's going to be a lot of draft talk these next couple weeks we're going to get real detailed i'm going to be uh since we're quarantined i'm going to be watching plenty of film to try to get uh as much information and and see what i see as best as possible and uh, we'll discuss it all i think it's going to be a lot of fun it'll allow people to that maybe don't know the prospects very well uh-huh. we can kind of dissect them and uh kind of give our own opinions about it. i think it's it'll be fun for right. sure and i have um the whole week off this week so congratulations this is my, this is my first real week of uh being quarantined and not having you know any work to do or anything so i think i'll do a little uh research all week you know and uh try to keep up with things be ready because i'm gonna come I'm gonna, with a lot of film yeah i'm gonna fucking just be sitting here like so what'd you see with this guy andrew um but yeah that's it we're done leave us be uh hope you guys enjoyed my us. uh my rant i did uh <laughs> so follow us on instagram and twitter um at the educated fan that's t-h-e-e-h-d-u-c-a-t-e-d-f-a-n you know i'm only spelling it once um also you know what I think for next week, too, um, and here on out, maybe send us some questions on Twitter uh, or Instagram. You can tweet them. You can tweet questions. You can DM some questions, and maybe we'll listen to uh, look look at some of those and go over them um, on episodes to come. Yeah, we're always down to get some questions or if people have anything they want to ask or see our opinions on, we're all, we'll gladly answer them. So uh, send them our way. We're definitely active on on Twitter and Twitter a little bit more than Instagram, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely see it both places. So I'm working on that. I'm working on the Instagram, I, you know, content ideas and whatnot. But um, yeah, we're definitely active more active on Twitter. By the um, way, because uh, we both run right that, as opposed to just me with right Instagram. Out. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, shout out Colts Militia. Um, they uh, um, gave us a shout out last week on Instagram. They've got a pretty cool page on there, so uh, you should go give them a follow. Yep, at Colts Militia. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it like.